Boy, first day. In September 1925, when I was just nine, I set out on the, great, the first great adventure of my life, boarding school. My mother had chosen for me a prep school in a part of England which was as near as it could possibly be to our home in South Wales, and it was called St. Peter's. The full postal address was St. Peter's School, Weston Supermare, Somerset. Weston Supermare is a slightly seedy seaside resort with a vast sandy beach, a tremendous long pier, an esplanade running along the seafront, a clutter of hotels and boarding houses, and about 10,000 little shops selling buckets and spades and sticks of rock and ice creams. It lies almost directly across the Bristol Channel from Cardiff, and on a clear day you can stand on the esplanade at Weston and look across the 15 or so miles of water and see the coast of Wales lying pale and milky on the horizon. In those days, the easiest way to travel from Cardiff to Weston Supermare was by boat. Those boats were beautiful. They were paddle steamers with gigantic swishing paddle wheels on their flanks, and the wheels made the most terrific noise as they sloshed and churned through the water. On the first day of my first term, I set out by taxi in the afternoon with my mother to catch the paddle steamer from Cardiff Docks to Weston Supermare. Every piece of clothing I wore was brand new and had my name on it. I wore black shoes, gray woolen stockings with blue turnovers, gray flannel shorts, a gray shirt, a red tie, a gray flannel blazer with a blue school crest on the breast pocket, and a gray school cap with the same crest just above the peak. Into the taxi that was taking us to the docks went my brand new trunk and my brand new tuck box, and both had R. Doll painted on them in black. A tuck box is a small pinewood trunk which is very strongly made, and no boy has ever gone as a boarder to an English prep school without one. It is his own secret storehouse, as secret as a lady's handbag, and there is an unwritten law that no other boy, no teacher, not even the headmaster himself, has the right to pry into the contents of your tuck box. The owner has the key in his pocket, and that is where it stays. At St. Peter's, the tuck boxes were ranged shoulder to shoulder all around the four walls of the changing room, and your own tuck box stood directly below the peg on which you hung your game's clothes. A tuck box, as the name implies, is a box in which you store your tuck. At prep school in those days, a parcel of tuck was sent once a week by anxious mothers to their ravenous little sons, and an average tuck, spot, tuck box would probably contain, at almost any time, half a homemade currant cake, a packet of squashed fly biscuits, a couple of oranges, an apple, a banana, a pot of strawberry jam or marmite, a bar of chocolate, a bag of licorice all sorts, and a tin of Bassett's lemonade powder. An English school in those days was purely a money-making business owned and operated by the headmaster. It suited him, therefore, to give the boys as little food as possible himself, and to encourage the parents in various cunning ways to feed their offspring by parcel post from home. By all means, my dear Mrs. Dahl, do send your boys some little treats now and again, he would say, perhaps a few oranges and apples once a week. Fruit was very expensive. And a nice currant cake, a large currant cake. Perhaps because small boys have large appetites, do they not? Ha, ha, ha. Yes, yes, as often as you like, more than once a week if you wish. Of course he'll be getting plenty of good food here, the best there is, but it never tastes quite the same as home cooking, does it? I'm sure you wouldn't want him to be the only one who doesn't get a lovely parcel from home every week. As well as tuck, a tuck box would also contain all manner of treasures, such as a magnet, a pocket knife, a compass, a bag of string, a clockwork racing car, half a dozen lead soldiers, a box of conjuring tricks, some tiddlywinks, 
a Mexican jumping bean, a catapult, some foreign stamps, a couple of stink bombs, and I remember one boy called Arkel who drilled an air hole in the lid of his tuck box and kept a pet frog in there, which he fed on slugs. So off we set, my mother and I and my trunk and my tuck box, and we boarded the paddle steamer and went swooshing across the Bristol Channel in a shower of spray. I liked that part of it, but I began to grow apprehensive as I disembarked onto the pier at Weston Supermare and watched my trunk and tuck box being loaded into an English taxi, which would drive us to St. Peter's. I had absolutely no idea what was in store for me. I had never spent a single night away from our large family before. St. Peter's was on a hill above the town. It was a long three-storied stone building that looked rather like a private lunatic asylum, and in front of it lay the playing fields with their three football pitches. One-third of the building was reserved for the headmaster and his family. The rest of it housed the boys, about 150 of them altogether, if I remember rightly. As we got out of the taxi, I saw the whole driveway a bustle with small boys and their parents and their trunks and their tuck boxes, and a man I took to be the headmaster was swimming around among them, shaking everybody by the hand. I have already told you that all headmasters are giants, and this one was no exception. He advanced upon my mother and shook her by the hand. Then he shook me by the hand, and as he did so, he gave me the kind of flashing grin a shark might give to a small fish just before he gobbles it up. One of his front teeth, I noticed, was all edged all the way round with gold, and his hair was flicked down with so much hair cream that it glistened like butter. Right, he said to me, off you go and report to the matron. And to my mother, he said briskly, goodbye, Mrs. Dahl. I shouldn't linger if I were you. We'll look after him. My mother got the message. She kissed me on the cheek and said goodbye and climbed right back into the taxi. The headmaster moved away to another group, and I was left there standing beside my brand new trunk and my brand new tuck box. I began to cry.